Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. School of Humans. Hi, welcome to another episode of Cadaver Gals, where we talk about the ways that people have died throughout history to cope with our own mortality. Yes. Yes. I am your host, Nika, along with Gabi. Hello. And Taylor. Hi. That was offensive. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking of French people. I don't know. On today's show, we are going to be exploring how beards can be deadly and um, why maybe you shouldn't say you're a prophet. I don't know. Content warnings. We have, you know, God, uh, fire, Ah, ah. yes, Uh, you know, apocalypse, Ah. um, babies, Ah. um, death. That's fine. Okay, right. Okay, great. Uh, Good. Well, cue the music then. I feel like you start your you start the podcast higher pitched every time. <laughs> like it's high, it's like gradually getting higher. I really next time I was like, hi, I'm Nika. Yeah, no, I, I, that is 100% what it is. Oh my god. Oh, oh my gosh. Everyone is making fun of me and I'm tired of it. Get to work, Gabby. <laughs> tell me. Tell me. What is going on? When are we dying? What's happening? Oh, that's me. That was the cue for me to start yes. the thing. Okay, I get it. Yes. I understand. Cue Gabby. 
I get it now. Okay, I'm I'm alert and aware. Okay, so yeah, this is this lady that I'm talking about today. Not only was she a self-proclaimed prophet, she was also a hashtag girl boss. Okay, Ooh, bing bang. Snaps. Yeah, her name is Joanna Southcott, and this is her story of being a hashtag girl boss. She proved that you don't have to be a man to be a prophet. That's right. Hey, she could talk to the Lord. Breaking oh. glass ceilings. God's glass ceilings are being gaslit. Yes. Yeah. Gate. <laughs> all those other gatekeeping prophets. Yuck. Now she can do it. Anyway, so she could talk to the Lord. Isn't that neat? Um, and she wrote <laughs> his neato burrito. So neat. <laughs> and she wrote over 65 books filled with her prophetic visions. Then she ended up dying from childbirth, which I am putting in quotation marks. So you will see. Oh, what I was going to say, like, Gabby, that is actually super dark. I don't know, if, you know, but OK, let's keep going. It. It's not the darkest story, but it is pretty, uh, the way I framed it maybe is inappropriate, but that's fine. Well, you know, this quote unquote childbirth is intriguing, you know, it if is, it was yeah. just regular intriguing. childbirth, I'd be like, cut, cut the tape right now. <laughs> yeah. Prophets can't have babies. That's all I'm saying. No. Okay. Joanna was born in 1750 in a very small town called Devon, England. Uh, she had very little education and was a domestic servant. But in her 40s, she suddenly started having prophetic visions. Mm, great. Me too. Me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. We, we can't wait for that. But then it was just like, I mean, you can have prophetic visions and like, I feel like people could just like not believe you, but she actually started getting a really big following. One reason was because her writings far exceeded her education and she was like just so prolific with her writings. People were like, she must be telling the truth, you know? Like, how does she know all of these words? She's yeah. not educated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's a woman. She can't write well. Okay. Yeah. And then she even moved to London um, after she started having all of her visions. And at one point, historians estimated that she had like 10,000 followers, which I don't even have on Instagram. Yeah. Without social media, that's really good. Good for her. Yeah. That's like 10,000 authentic, organic reach follows, basically. I mean, more than, you know, the disciple. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to make a Christianity joke. That's bad. <laughs> This is Christianity, though. It's fine. I think that's appropriate. But also, for your own sake, you don't have to. I, w I feel like my guilt would eat me alive. Okay, continue. Well, I did do a comedy show last night dressed up as Jesus Christ. So this is We're different <laughs> people. We're different people. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. We're a little... <laughs> um, so she had a variety of visions and ideas. But, you know, to stay in line with the theme of girl bosses... Southcott was definitely on board with like the coming of the next Messiah, but she thought it would be divine feminine energy. Like the next Messiah Ooh. did it. Yeah. Oh, Ariana Grande. Hello. Yeah. Ariana Grande. <laughs> um, and basically the, the thing that this point that she was making is she's like, the world is filled with suffering. We need another Messiah to fix that shit. And she said that because Eve had caused the downfall, then only a woman could bring about the millennium and a period of peace and justice. Basically okay. saying ladies caused the problem, but now they're going to fix the problems. Mm -hmm. Hashtag girl boss. That's responsibility. That right? Women take responsibility for themselves. Yep. What do men do? Not that. Not that. <laughs> I'm kidding. They just like wear Tevas and hang out with lepers or whatever Jesus did. Wear Tevas? I, I mean, I imagine the sandals were similar to Tevas. Jesus was <laughs> the first Teva wearer. 
I don't know why I thought this this episode was not going to be extremely offensive, but okay. Well, for our Christian listenership, just know that I, I'm very interested in Christianity, but I think it's silly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Continue, please. So waiting for the waiting for the Messiah. Uh, she also, of course, she predicted the apocalypse because, you know, as a prophet, you got to have your apocalypse, you know, mm-hmm. um, and she placed it sometime in 2004 and 2014. 2014 is the year that I graduated from college and then all hell broke loose because in college I forgot to like make a plan afterwards. So then I had to like, you know, move back home and live with my mom and I didn't have any friends and I was really sad. So, you know, it's it kind, of, kind of dark. Yeah, it's kind of like an apocalypse, right? Okay, I'm sorry. So this person was living in the 1700s and said that the apocalypse was going to be in 2014. Yeah. Wait, when did Ari- Ariana Grande's first song uh. come out? It's <laughs> <laughs> before then. I think earlier, really? earlier than that, but... This is important. But it's so convenient to be like... Okay, it's going to be like way after where everybody that I'm talking to right now is dead. Like, how convenient. They can be like, sure, yeah, that makes sense. 2014 was when Ariana Grande and The Weeknd collaborated on Love Me Harder. And, you know, that that is a banger. So, oh. Heralding the end yeah. of a period of peace and oh, fruitfulness oh. She actually the had, had an, an album called My Everything, which came out in 20, 2014. So, it's the one where she's sitting on the chair. But how is she sitting on that chair? Like, her two legs are crossed together like a mermaid, but she's sitting on a stool. It doesn't make I sense. I just don't know. I don't know what you're even talking about. Okay, it's the I'll apocalypse. post a picture later. Yeah, it, it's basically <laughs> that album cover was clearly the apocalypse because no woman can sit on a stool the way that Ariana Grande sits on that stool. Okay. Well, you put it on our Instagram so I can see the Literally, abs- in, I will do you one better. I will not only put that on the Instagram, but I would also reenact the picture to see if I can also sit on a stool like Ariana Grande. Okay. Okay, we'll see. And if you can, I think that means the end of the world is coming soon. <laughs> Great. All right. It. It's all up to you, Nika. Girl boss Gabby the prophet. Okay. Yeah. But all I'm I mean, Taylor, I'm, you make a good point that it is convenient that her prophecies like, you know, where you know, the, the apocalypse was predicted, you know, 180 years after she dies i mean that's you know she's she's kind of copping out there you know i feel like if you're yeah. br- like a little bit braver like if you were a hashtag braver girl boss you would definitely predict the apocalypse in your lifetime but this is the problem with girl bosses we always expect the most out of the ones that are the most groundbreaking right gabby said no no like it wasn't enough for her to be the first girl boss prophet she also <laughs> has to then be braver apparently gabby let her predecessors be braver she already did enough you know Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm canceled. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Gabby Finally. is canceled, and I'm going to continue Gabby's story now. So anyway, yeah. jo- I'm kidding. Go ahead, Gabby. Okay, so anyway, the apocalypse. Um, she also, okay, so remember, she was basically writing a lot of her th- prophecies and shit in the 1790s into the early 1800s. Um, and she also said that on Judgment Day, like, you know, after the apocalypse starts happening or whatever, only 144,000 people would be admitted to heaven. Only that amount. Oh, it's like Noah's Ark again. Yeah. And so that's a like 144, 1.4 is a holy number. Um, I don't know why. Nika, I don't know if you know, our church consultant. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I literally have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a big thing in numerology is adding numbers. So what's one plus four? Five. What's five plus four? Nine. Nine. I don't know. Is nine a holy number? I, don't, I literally don't know. What's I half no of idea. 69? Nine. 
Wait, okay. no, just okay. Sixty nine. Okay. Anyway, okay. go ahead. One hundred forty four thousand people would be admitted to heaven, but you know what? She also very conveniently was selling some golden seals, and if you bought one of them at like a rather high price, you would be guaranteed a seat in heaven. Isn't Ooh. that convenient that she had that? Really, marketing innovative. queen, marketing queen. I love yeah. it. Get she was the original seal. influencer. I know, right? What are those? Oh, original pyramid scheme, babe. <laughs> Next thing I know, someone like uh, like her last name is going to DM me on Instagram. Hey, girl, I love your content. Would you like to blah, blah, blah? And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> well, maybe you're the next prophet, Nika. You never know. You're still you know, a youngin. Maybe your prophetic visions will start soon, you know? Unfortunately, though, it does sound like there is not enough room for us in heaven because there have been a lot of people, you know, and that's like a pretty low acceptance rate. Well, I think this podcast has proven that we're definitely not going to heaven. Thank you. Don't say that, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start crying. No, it's fine. We'll all be together in hell. It's fine. Taylor. What? Continue, Gabby. That scares me. Another big part of being a prophet is you have to like defend yourself and like convince other people that you're a prophet. But then often those people are like reverends and they're like, you're dumb and you're not a prophet. Also in like her writings, there's a lot of um, letters that she sent, like very aggressive letters that she sent to people defending herself as a prophet. So there's this one that was really funny that was like 15 pages long of her just like roasting the shit out of this guy because she was really (laughs) upset at him because she was like, I had already sent you all these letters and you burned them. How dare you? She basically called him a pussy ass bitch for burning her letters. Um, Once he was faced with public pressure to discuss her letters, she said, As soon as the Lord put you on trial to see if you could bear the mockery of man, how soon did the fine gold become dim, roasted? How soon you began to act like Pilate, fearing the Jews, roasted? And just as you began to fear man, that you should lose your honor among them, roasted. Wow. Yeah. Got him. (laughs) Got him. But then that dude, that reverend that she roasted about burning her letters, then wrote to this other reverend when it was like, this deluded woman just roasted the shit out of me, but I literally don't have any letters from her. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And then Joanna's like, shut the fuck up. I'm a girl boss. I sent you those letters, you pussy. Um, That's exactly what she wrote. (laughs) That is literally gaslighting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, were they gaslighting her or was she literally just like a little bit mental? I don't know. You know, like we're we're not on this podcast. We can't prove whether or not God exists. You know, that's not something <laughs> we can do. But that's not that's not in the, you know, promises. Yeah, of what we do. No. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think the reverends were like, yeah. And it's interesting because like she was very much like still trying to like have the Church of England on her side and shit. But at the same time, she hated them. So it was like a very complicated relationship. Every girl boss has a complicated relationship. Yeah. It's hard. You get a lot of haters on the way to the top, you know? Exactly. We understand that. (laughs) We definitely understand that. But anyway, to safeguard the world for the apocalypse and whenever there's the impending doom and stuff, Joanna kept a bunch of her prophecies in a sealed box that was supposed to not be open until the world needed it. And it could only be open. And there's like very specific rules. Like uh, it could only be open in Bedford, which is a small town in England, which she claimed to be the original Garden of Eden. 
Bedford, England. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it had to be opened by 24 Anglican bishops, but only after they had collectively studied her other writings for at least seven days. So... <laughs> And it had to be like when something really terrible was happening. You know so. what? She knows her worth. She knows know. what to ask for. <laughs> so many roles. I love it. Yeah. Um, but then in 1814, Joanna then dropped another bomb. She was pregnant with Ooh. the Messiah. Okay. Hot damn. Also, she is a 64-year-old virgin who is pregnant with the Messiah, right? Isn't sure. that a Steve Carell movie? It's forty-year-old version. Oh, okay. But there isn't the Messiah part of it, and I'm just saying that Joanna had like Janet Jackson has nothing on Joanna at this point. You know, Janet Jackson had her baby at fifty, but Joanna's like, I'm sixty-four and a virgin, and I'm about to have a baby, and she's calling the baby is the it's the Messiah Shiloh. But yes, you might say, damn, how the heck could a sixty-four-year-old virgin be pregnant with the Messiah? While her pregnancy was the talk of the town in London, and there were many naysayers and haters, but several doctors even confirmed that she was pregnant. You know, they didn't have ultrasounds back then, but sometimes you just know it's a baby. That's like a special girl boss power, you know? Yeah. Okay, but I was really bloated like three days ago because I had French toast for breakfast. I mean, dinner. And I looked pregnant, but I wasn't pregnant. So did these doctors just... But did you know? But did you know? Are you a girl (laughs) boss, Nika? (laughs) Stop. I am not pregnant. No. So did the doctors just like look at her belly and determine whether it was bloat from like too many burritos or, you know, a baby. I think what they did probably was put their ear up to her belly and the Messiah whispered to them. Mm-hmm. That's what happened for sure. Yeah. Wow. Like, okay. I am the Messiah. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> Scary. But, you know, so Joanna in 1814, she's a happy little Messiah mom clam, you know, getting ready to welcome her little (laughs) Messiah baby into this world. Hashtag Messiah mom. (laughs) Messiah mommy. Okay. Its due date was supposed to be in October of 1814, but unfortunately the baby did not appear Uh at that point. A lot of her followers like, oh, no. But then it was announced that she was kind of like in a trance or something when it was unable to see anyone. And also, you know, maybe the date was wrong. I don't know. But what happened then was that in December, Joanna does die. And supposedly she dies in childbirth. But the baby is not a real baby. It's a spirit baby. Okay. Okay. And the spirit baby was birthed, but then immediately went to heaven. But like, was there an actual baby? No, it was a spirit baby. It so was nothing like a happened. spirit. Well, she said it did. Okay, and like, sure, a lot of people, like haters, like Taylor, were like, okay, <laughs> she was faking it this whole time. That's ridiculous. But then she still had people after after she died be like, nah, the spirit baby went up to heaven, and we're still waiting for the incarnation of the baby in human form. So they're saying like it did happen. And now we just have another thing we have to wait on, you know, conveniently putting things in the future. Mm -hmm. So she died in spiritual childbirth. And I think kind of back to Nika's point, I was also thinking about pregnancy recently and I, I had a similar thing where I thought I was pregnant and maybe (laughs) I had like a spirit baby. Um, a spirit baby is also called a fart. Um, <laughs> and I think Gabby. that's just the Gabby. real theme here. Is no. Sometimes you're not pregnant. Sometimes you just have gas. 
Oh, uh, Nika's crying. In Joanna's case, it might have also just been a tumor. So baby tumor gas, what is it? Sometimes girl bosses, actually, yeah, with girl bosses, let's just say it now. It's okay if you're wrong. You know, it's you don't have to have all that pressure on you for you to be right all the time. So you know what, Joanna, it's okay that you're like, it's the spirit baby when really maybe it was just a fart or a tumor, you know? I'm saying sometimes you can make mistakes and that's fine. Those are three very different things. <laughs> we were, I, honestly, we just went on a journey. Wow. Yeah. But it's just funny to think of like, okay, the Garden of Eden in like North England or just like in England because it's like the Garden of Eden is supposed to be more like the Fertile Crescent, sort of like nice weather and there's like plants nice and shit. Where yeah. England, it's like dreary. Yeah, lovingly, like I do not think the Garden of Eden is where you get like soggy fish and chips and, you know, <laughs> rain every day and like it's muddy and you got Wellington boots. Like I just, I don't think that's where it is necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. But again, you know, we, we can't be the ones who tell you if God does or does not exist. We also can't, you know, be the ones who identify where the Garden of Eden necessarily yeah, we is. But Well, I, I, I have information about that. I'm not saying I can, <laughs> but I'm saying I have information about that um, after the break. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay, we're back. Yes. <laughs> I just, yeah, I we were just talking over the break about how she, I don't, I feel like she genuinely believed that she was having a spirit baby. So just picturing her death as like legs open, you know, trying to give a baby and then maybe she has what Gabby thought she had. I can't even a say the word. tumor. Probably a tumor. You're not going to die from a fart. You don't know that. You don't we know don't that. know. The Next F- week on Cadaver Gals. Oh, I, honestly, yeah. The Next F-words week. have taken people to the hospital. So, and that's what I'm talking about. Today. And I'm kidding. Um, I'm actually going to be talking about. <laughs> that would be such a disrespectful tangent. <laughs> being like, <laughs> parts that have taken people to the hospital. <laughs> Basically, yeah. making fun of this lady for thinking that she was having can a you spiritual incarnation imagine? Baby. no we are not that terrible of people <laughs> we respect girl bosses okay i i was just gonna say you know she believed that the apocalypse was coming a little cowardly you know that it was in 2014 when she conveniently was gonna be dead but this has happened throughout history you know people have always been like oh my gosh the end is near the end is near whatever you see the guys with the Times Square billboards, whatever. You see guys in We Live in Atlanta, little five points, you know, preaching and saying that the end is near. You know what? The end has been near for like thousands of years at this point. It's nigh as fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was thinking we could go through other apocalypses that didn't happen. Yeah. And I don't know, like we could pick our favorite. I'm going to I'm gonna share three. But obviously, if anyone has a favorite apocalypse story, please share it. Okay. You're like, I will share the Apocalypse 3. <laughs> you shall choose your favorite. <laughs> I am a mage, and the 3 is the holy number, and I'm going to share it now. Okay. Depending on which is your favorite, you either go to heaven, hell, or perjury. Kidding. Perjury? No. Purgatory. No, perjury. <laughs> perjury. You're going to perjury. You're going to plagiarism. <laughs> You're going to court. Okay. So that's purgatory. Okay. So... It seems like the first doomsday message ever recorded in history came from the Assyrian Assyrians Assyrians. <laughs> yes, Assyrians. The Assyrians. I know I did it on purpose. Ha. <laughs> So, you know, very typical of them. And in a clay tablet that was found in ancient Assyria, which was a Mesopotamian kingdom, which, by the way, I literally remember growing up, reading about Mesopotamia, talking about Mesopotamia, and still not understanding what Mesopotamia was. And so finally, I understand now that I researched this for this what podcast. What is it? Share with the class. It's an ancient kingdom, Gabby. Okay. Oh. <laughs> like Isn't in that the, in the Fertile Crescent? Yes, yes, yes. We're fertile as hell, unlike Joanna. Unlike Joanna, <laughs> yes. And unlike us, because I have an IUD. I don't know about you guys. Okay. Someone wrote, don't know who, in uh, around like 2800 BC, which is very old. That's like, you know, early, early times. So I'm it's like, a while why? ago. Yeah. So I'm like, why are you already wanting the world to end? He said, or she said, or they said. Our earth is degenerate in these later days. There are signs that the world is speedily coming to an end. Bribery and corruption are common. Children no longer obey their parents, and every man wants to write a book, and the end of the world is evidently approaching. 
everyone wants to write a book. <laughs> yes. That's like, oh my God. That's like, I can just imagine that 2020 version is like, everyone wants to start a fucking podcast. Like yeah. the world is coming to an end. And that was apparently why, you know, this person was clearly freaking out. Obviously, they were being a little bit dramatic because Assyria ended up lasting for 18 centuries and it was actually toppled in 612 BC. So that one, check it off the list. Didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Next apocalyptic thinker. Exciting. This guy, we all know him. We all hate or love him, depending if you're a white supremacist. The colonizer himself, Christopher Columbus. Oh, pew, pew, pew. Yes. So aside from burning and pillaging indigenous people and lands, he also was a big (laughs) fan of the Bible. And he- I'm um, shocked. Yeah, and no one is shocked over here. He used converting non-believers to Christianity as a reason to continue his voyages. But it seems like after all the taking of lands and all the voyages and, you know, being on boats all the time, boating around as as ancient people do, um, he decided to sit back and retire and write about how he was convinced that his voyages were actually him fulfilling biblical prophecies. So he wrote a book. It's called El Libro de las Profecías, which in English means the Book of Prophecies. And it's a short, you know, 84 pages, so a good beach read. <laughs> Everyone's trying to write books now. This sounds like the apocalypse. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And in this 84-page book, again, short little nice read, he mentions about 200 prophecies. He talks biblical passages, and he also gives us his own take on the other authors of the time. And he genuinely believed in, at least it seems like in this book, that his colonizing was a mission from God. Even when he arrived in Venezuela, he was so shocked by like the lush green and the balmy weather and the free flowing water that he actually wrote to the Spanish monarchy that he was convinced he had found the outer part of Eden, which honestly makes more sense than England. I don't know what (laughs) our friend Joanna was thinking. So yeah, he like wrote this book and uh, according to Columbus, he basically said that for the apocalypse to happen, there had to be some things to to go on before the apocalypse would start. Here it is. He had to spread Christianity throughout the entire world. He had to find the Garden of Eden, which he was very close to. And then a last, this is so violent, a last crusade must happen where the Spanish monarchs would storm Jerusalem and take it from the Muslims because according to him Christ would not come to Jerusalem if it was being handled by quote infidels end quote okay and he actually what a guy guy, right and he actually died believing that he played his part and that he did you know what God had told him to do and that the world would end in 155 years which I honestly don't know how you got that number but he just said the world's gonna end in 155 years Spanish monarchy please overthrow the Muslims and, you know, That's forced everyone into like Christianity. 144,000 could get into heaven and then 155. And I'm, I'm literally about to tell you, I'm going to tell a story about 1666. <gasps> I feel like this means something. The apocalypse is coming. What? Though, but okay, 1449, 155. 11, 9, 11. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what does that, that mean? X-Files theme song. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> not- 
Yep, you nailed that. All right. <laughs> That's not the X-Files theme song. Um, it's just embarrassing because I watched an episode of it last night. Okay, no. <laughs> That's not it either. Oh, I'm an embarrassment. Um, <laughs> Is that it? I've never watched it. No, but it's so good and you should definitely watch it, Gabby. Okay, so, you know, that was uh, old, you know, Cooter Columbus doing his thing. Good for him, I guess. And then obviously, we all know the 2012 scare when Ooh. apparently the Mayan calendar ended and we were like, that is the end of us because the Mayans said so and they talked to aliens and that is clearly when the world is going to end. Which, by the way, it's funny. The Mayan calendar didn't actually end. It was just the end of a count of 400 years that then basically was going to restart at the end of 2012. So it was just going to start another they long calendar like, count. Yeah, they were just like, we don't... We, we did enough, you know, we'll let them deal with it then. Well, you know, a website that I read was like, do you think the world is going to end when your, you know, cute calendar stops at, at the end of the page? No. You know that another calendar is coming. Like, that is literally as simple as it was. What a silly concept to just, what, honestly, like, troll truly, people what later. a silly concept. But the, I will say this. There was some tea that, and that this was connected to the 2012 scare, that a planet that the Sumerians found called Nibiru was going to collide with the Earth during that time in 2012. But, you know, the problem with that tea is that the planet doesn't exist. So apparently some white guy translated Sumerian cuneiform and identified a planet that supposedly orbits the sun every 3,600 years. NASA has never found this planet and said that they would have found it by now. And scholars on Mesopotamian history have also said that his translation is wrong. But he still wrote a book about it and got a lot of followers because that's the world we live in, you guys. Well, maybe <laughs> Jeff Bezos will find it because he's going to space with his bro, so maybe they can... Yeah. And then one more apocalypse story and then we'll choose out of... I lied. I lied. There was four. There's four. It's yes. a trick. It's a trick. I'm being ha, gaslit. Ha. Okay. Well, let's. Okay. This, I, I didn't include this one because this is actually an apocalypse to look forward to. According to the founder of Messiah Foundation International, which is a spiritual, they call themselves a spiritual organization, but it's a, it's a religion founded in 2002. There is a comet hurtling through space right now that will collide with our planet in 2026. And what's weird mm. is that um, the founder, Riaz Ahmed Gohar Shahi, who claims to be Messiah, yes, mm -hmm. and he founded this religion, which, by the way, the religion actually changed names in 2002. Before that, it was known as Rags, which is basically his name. But anyway, okay. he says that, quote, in order to not intimidate mankind, God will plan destruction on a small scale in 2026, end quote. So not sure how that tracks with a comet, like, ending the world. Like, if that's small destruction, I don't know. That's pretty large scale to me. But I don't know. This guy's pretty intense. He claims that his face is on the moon and the sun and other important places because God showed it to him. And if people have a problem with it, they can take it to God. That's kind of one of the bases of the religions that he created, and yeah, I don't know. I'm also kind of a little nervous talking about him because even though he has not been seen since 2001, except for his followers saying they saw him then he gave them advice, his body actually hasn't been found. Ooh, so like he might not be dead and I don't want to, you know, him to hear me talking shit about him. Anyway, also, there's no factual basis or religious basis for the comet in 2026. That's just something he said. So, NASA also hasn't found that. Okay. What are our favorites out of the four? Well, did they say what their apocalypses would be like? You know, like, I mean, uh, I don't want a Columbus one. 
Well, the Mayan one was the planet colliding, and mm-hmm. then the Columbus one was um, big overtake of the Spanish monarchy, and then killing anyone who was, you know, not Christian, and then Jesus coming to Israel. And the other one, the older one, was um, – they didn't say how. They just said the end was near because teenagers were being rowdy and people wanted to write books. <laughs> I like that one the best. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I agree. I definitely, I mean, teens are rowdy now and a lot of people have podcasts. So I do think a nebulous end is in sight. So maybe the end already happened and we're, this is just a simulation. Don't get me started on simulations (laughs) again. I also just really like the idea of like, you know, if this my the Mayans like saying, you know, trolling everybody in 2012, they have zero concept of, you know, what that's going to the world's going to be like. And they're like just trolling us playing the long Absolutely. Game. Well, I don't think it's trolling as much as they thought we would be smarter than we are. So <laughs> that's you know. high hopes. You know, that is yeah. High hopes. Well, in 2012, Ariana Grande did take out songs, <laughs> but they were all under Victorious, the TV show. So you know, and then in 2013, she actually took out her first singles. So there's something there. Okay, anyway, up next, wow. up next, hello, up next, um, you know, Taylor and men and beards. Do you want to mm. tell us? Mm, Taylor, that sounds spicy. Spicy, so spicy. as heck. Okay, we're, gonna, we're going to Brunel am in Austria which you may have heard of this town because it's the histor- the birthplace of the historical asshole Hitler. Oh, yeah. They also mm. call it the Third Eden. Okay. Yep. And great. For now, uh, like, they've now been all these kind of battles of, like, what to do with his house where he was born in. They're, like, trying to keep neo-Nazis out, literally trying to erase his stank off of the town. So... We're not going to talk about that. We're going to help them to rebrand. Despite the fact that that is literally how you opened. Okay. That is how I opened. But like, that's why you may have heard of Brunel. Okay. But we're trying to rebrand the town. Okay. Okay. We we want to make it known for this other fella named Hans Steininger. Was he also a racist? You know, I don't know. I think no. (laughs) Okay. He was loved by... Okay. So he was the burgomaster... Of the town, which is master of the citizens, aka mayor of the oh, town. Okay, <laughs> you I started like master off like, of the citizens better. Uh, yeah, well, that's why I knew you would like that, so that's why I kept. You it started in off so confident. I thought you weren't going to tell us what a burgomaster was, and I was going to have to just nod quietly and Google. <laughs> no, it's he's the master of the citizens, and all of his people, all of the people, loved him. He had been reelected for multiple terms to be mayor. Everybody loved him. Nobody said why they liked him, but they just were like, yeah, he's a cool guy. That's all I know. Maybe because he would hit them if they didn't say they liked him. Yeah. So Like me. Gabby. What? <laughs> I just feel like that's an ideal situation for Gabby. Okay. So uh, his, the citizens like really liked his appearance, I think. So and it's because he had a long AF beard. So by the age of 59, Hans's beard reached four and a half feet long, which was the longest beard in the world at the time. Well, probably. yeah, that's like almost my height. <laughs> yeah, th- he's almost what we haven't done the Nika measurements in a while. 
He is almost one Nika. His beard is almost three one fourths Nika. Nika. Wait, <laughs> Wait, it was four four feet and how many inches? It was four and a half feet long. Four and a half. That's nasty. It's it, yeah. So it had two. There were like two gray tendrils, dreadlocks, basically coming off of his face. Like this is this guy just seems very sus. Okay, I know everyone liked him, but he just seems sus as heck. I don't know. I think he was probably like a sweet, sweet little guy. He just made a bad decision with his beard. Anyway. Or he just was lazy. Do you know what his maintenance regime was? I don't think there was much maintenance, probably. I saw pictures. They looked unruly. Very. So his beard would touch the ground. It was pretty long, right? And Wait, so- how tall was he? But here's the thing. It's starting like what? How many inches is your face from your like under your nose to the top of your head? That's like six inches, right? So we're removing six inches from. from so he was kind of short. I don't think he was very tall. I love a short king. But also they were shorter back then. That's true. They needed more compact. (laughs) (laughs) They could all you could fit six people in a smart car back then. (laughs) So. So anyway, what he would do with his beard so that he wouldn't trip is he'd like roll it up really neat and put it and he had this like leather pouch. So he kept it like, so I imagine it's like a fanny pack, you know? And so he's like, rolls it up and he's got it tucked away. No. literally so nasty, Taylor. You know, he could just cut it off. You're right. He could, but he's shown up. (laughs) to. There's no way I'm mad at you, Taylor. I'm like, (laughs) he should have just cut it off. I'm just reporting here. Okay, okay, go ahead, Taylor. So the leather fanny pouch pouch pouch. <laughs> Your beard. That's so stupid. Is, well, it's not stupid because he didn't want to trip and fall, and that's you know that makes sense. But there's again, so many other solutions. Could have cut it. I understand. Okay. Anyway, on September 28th, 1567, a fire raged through the town, <gasps> and during this time. Listen to me just trying to, like, make this story longer. This is hilarious. Okay. So during this time, there was not a great way to put out fires. Um, <laughs> you had to use your beard. So, like, literally, the, this was the time of, like, the bucket brigade, where there'd be a line of people passing the buckets from, from, a, from water, you know, from a water source to the fire, okay? They also had, like, hooks to kind of, like, stop the spread of fires, Water pumps were invented by now, but still not efficient enough. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, actually, they didn't know how to pump good yet. Yeah. Oh my goodness! What's a hook? A fire hook? So, um, so if like a if like a house is on fire or something, and it's like getting ready to spread, then you would like use the hook to like move the the building the, <laughs> the materials okay that makes sense well it's like a fire poker when you you know you're like you're messing oh, with the fire it's like a fire poker i get it now i could have been a firefighter fighter in 1567 yeah definitely like they literally would just like the extent of it was they would have somebody that would just chill in the town at like a high vantage point looking for fires and then if they saw one they'd be like get the bucket brigade and everybody in the town would join in to make to help stop the fire. I could see Gabby being a tower watcher wench, you know. She's high up <laughs> on the tower. No one knows what she looks like, but she keeps us from the fires, you know. That sounds stressful, though. Like, I was thinking about how I can't see small... Like, I was thinking if I lived in, like, a hunter-gatherer situation, I would should 
probably be a hunter, not a gatherer, because I can't ever find small things. So I would be kind of stressed about finding the fire because like, it would start out small and I probably wouldn't see it. You know what? <laughs> I understand that. I wear contacts and it stresses me out that if there was ever an apocalyptic situation, I would probably have to wear glasses and I don't think I look good in glasses. Yeah. No, you look good in glasses. The problem is, is that you can't, like, if something happens to your glasses, like, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah, I'm done. And it's the apocalypse. It's I'm done for. You just start running into walls. Yeah, that's the thing that's unrealistic about apocalypse movies. Everyone has 20-20 vision, and that's just not correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, basic, so back to fire control, okay? And the bucket boys. And the bucket boys. <laughs> there really is, like, no information on, um, on, like, fire control in Europe before the Great Fire of London, which was in 1666, which... <gasps> Remember, that's what we were talking about earlier. Oh, boy. 666, there was a fire. Anyway, long way of saying the town was freaking out. Everybody was pitching in to help put out the fire. And old Hans, he was at the center of this because he was their mayor, right? So he had to, like, try and keep everybody calm and, like, get this fire out. So Hans is rushing to tend to his people. Very little time for to safely secure his beard into his little pouch. So he's running around. And his locks fly out of his his leather pouch and his beard trips him up. And sadly, he was at the top of the stairs and he falls down and breaks his neck and dies. <laughs> so, oh, no. Some people, there are like some conflicting articles where like, oh, he died from the fire or like smoke in- inhalation. But I'm like, really? I think it was his neck. Well, yeah, if he was, like, you know, in his 50s, he had his long beard, and he was at the top of some stairs, and he fell. Yeah. He's a goner, lovingly. Yeah. So, once the fire is under control, they find poor Hans at the bottom of the stairs. Everyone's really sad, but they all wanted to remember him. So, they erect a statue in his honor. So, there's a statue with this, like, bearded man. But the town folk didn't stop there. They were, like, which I think this is kind of mean, but they shaved off his beard. What did they do with it? So they preserved it, and 400-plus years later, you can see his beard that caused his demise in the museum in the town. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's a way better story than Hitler was born here. Yeah, definitely. Come see this scraggly-ass beard. Yuck. (laughs) But, yeah, it is really gross. There's a picture of it. We'll definitely post it. When I die, guys, you can cut off my bangs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They're like, what is this? This is Gabby's bangs. Gabby's bangs. Well, just to be so notable that they're like, let us preserve these follicles in a museum. Yeah. I really, really love that. We'll Well, have Nika's nails, Gabby's bangs, and... Yeah. Although, my nails aren't even really my nails. They're fake, so... (laughs) Perfect. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to rip your nails off. That seems aggressive. It's kind of weird. Okay. And Taylor's saddle. And Taylor's saddle. And we're not talking about the one he used for horses. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, thank you, Taylor, for that disturbing story. Yeah. I loved it. I loved all the extra details. (laughs) You did such a good job about telling about this man's demise. When we come back, you know, the next time you choose to use a beard for a saddle, maybe think twice. Oh. It's dirty, dirty. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So beards. Yes. I personally love a good beard. I not like a long one like our boy. Um not like a little like stubble. A, yeah, a little stubble. Not like a Gandalf. This is for Gabby, a Gandalf beard. Um, but you know, a Gandalf very, isn't interested in me. It doesn't matter. That feels really personal. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, you know, a well kept, you know, a solid, a little bit of scruff, a little bit of beard, that's fine. But there was some beard commotion in 2015 that kind of left a lot of people a little bit scared of beards so these this okay this is actually kind of it's kind of hoaxy when i talk about it but we'll see so the this guy a tv reporter swabbed a bunch of guys in new mexico he swabbed their beards and then gave it to microbiologists to test and see what bacteria were living in these guys beards i'm already grossed out in new mexico yes do they so they didn't just like pluck or cut a beard hair they he they swabbed it and like was this just like after they had washed it or like where were they in their hygiene at this point 
just regular everyday okay. beard situation. I'm hoping that, you know, if someone has a beard, they wash their face every day. That's important. And just but, like man on the street in the middle of the day, like yeah, not after a shower. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Also, and this is going to be, I'm going to talk about this later, but it wasn't exactly the most scientific process. It was literally a TV reporter who had a question and then sent it to some microbiologists to get checked out. So, you know, he's not a scientist, okay? Not trying to gatekeep science, I'm just saying. So uh, what they found was pretty disturbing. Some of the men had bacteria living in the beard, chilling, making iced tea that was commonly found in toilet seats. Oh, oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, usually I would make a joke about, you know, a beard being a seat, but this is too disturbing to make a joke right now. So I had to Google but like more. like a toilet seat. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like fecal matter situation. <laughs> Um, mm. which just really grossed me out, you know, for obvious reasons. Wait, why did it gross you out? Very funny, Gabby. Okay. So WebMD says that the New Mexico study was not nearly as scientific or thorough as it should have been. And so it was basically just used for like clickbait in 2015. You know, a bunch of people made articles about it. Oh my gosh, beard is you know, like a toilet seat. And that is not exactly the case. They ended up, they didn't swab clean shaven faces, you know, to like compare and contrast because maybe it's just the guys were dirty. They Who didn't knows? have like the controlled. Exactly. Exactly. Because our faces can also carry bacteria. As we have seen, you know, the coronavirus, like they literally were like, don't touch your face, don't touch your face. So clearly there's some stuff on our face. And mites exactly. in your eyelashes. Hey, Taylor, Taylor, that's not funny. <laughs> literally, I don't know where that accent came from. I don't know why suddenly I was Australian, but no, absolutely not, Taylor. The spirit of Ned Kelly, which, by the way, I'll talk about later because he was really hot. So, yeah, maybe the men were just dirty. Like, we don't know. And so it seems like, according to WebMD, having a beard is perfectly hygienic as long as you wash it. Don't touch your face a lot. Don't touch your beard a lot. Just be a clean person. That is literally it, right? Take a shower. Yeah, take a shower, you know. Wash your, your ass beard. at hetero men. Um <laughs> I just, I, I, I've just heard too many horror stories of men who do not wash their butts, and it's Ex- disgusting. Excuse Ew. me. Isn't um, that ha- like 75% of the reason that you have to take a shower anyway? Literally. Open up those ass cheeks and let the water flow, like, lovingly. Like, I just, I can't. Okay, can we get back to happier conversations? The yes. fecal okay. beards. No, that's not happy. Okay, no. So, I... Basically, having a beard is fine. And I ended up doing more investigating on beards and beard commotion. And it seems like beards, like any other kind of body modification or thing, are just a trend. Like, it has been in and out for literally centuries. Like, there is always going to be a commotion over it. I don't know. Like, for example, in the 1660s, this guy, a churchman, famous churchman, Thomas Fuller, referred to the beard as, quote-unquote, ornamental excrement under the chin which also kind of rude because he had a little mustache so uh, facial hair is facial hair thomas feeler but he's also calling it excrement so that's yeah you know maybe he knew <laughs> time travel <laughs> that's the x-files theme song I mean, you know, people have always had problems with it. Like, literally since the freaking Assyrians, which I found that apparently there's a lot of statues of, of ancient Assyrians with curled beards, right? Like, this has always been a big 
thing, beards. And then um, in ancient Egypt, they would dye them and then they would run gold threads through them, which I think is really fun and cool and I'm kind of obsessed. But do y'all remember when men did glitter beards I knew you were at a time that. yes okay okay you remember that right yes i hate it, it like was, they were trying to do what the ancient egyptians did but like and glitter is just it gets everywhere it gets literally everywhere and also like i don't know i feel like it's different if a you know hot pharaoh with a lot of power does it than like i don't know Greg johnny who's going street. on an edm yeah music festival like whatever like <laughs> johnny you're not an ancient egyptian pharaoh johnny I'm glitter need you to beard. Tone it down but also, people can do whatever they want with their bodies. Anyway, so, yeah. And then also, people have always tried to – or not always, but people have tried to control, you know, facial hair and beards and whatever. Like, Alexander the Great was like, you know what? Being clean-shaven is tidier, and also enemies won't grab onto my soldiers by the beard, so he forced his army men to shave their beards. And he also tried to pass laws that required shaving. And then this philosopher, they were all pretty big fans of beards, and then this philosopher, Epictetus, who he, like, he loved his beard. And so he wrote in um, The Discourses of Epictetus, which is his book, he wrote, and I quote, and this is a hypothetical situation, by the way, no one forced him to do anything. Come now, Epictetus, so he's talking to himself, shave your beard. And then he said, if I am a philosopher, I answer, I will not shave it off. And then his, the person he's fighting with in his brain says, then I will have you beheaded. And then Epictetus said, if it will do you any good, behead me. So, you know, men have always been very (laughs) (laughs) attached to their beards. Yes, drama queens, honestly. You know, it's almost like they don't like it when somebody tells them what to do with their body. That's weird. That's weird as hell because I love it. No, I'm kidding. I do love it too. Mm -hmm. They should get like, I mean, I know the guillotine wasn't invented until much later, but they should have a beard guillotine, you know, where you have to put your beard and then they could chop it off that way. Gabby loves the guillotine. Gabby loves the Yeah, I do love a guillotine because it's fucked up. Actually, no, but it was efficient. As I always say to our listeners, every time is just if you're in the line for the guillotine, make sure you're at the front because then it's sharper. Oh, be, you know, good wisdom from Gabby. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like, who they... wants to go first? Gabby's like me, <laughs> me. me. <laughs> I um, volunteered. I wasn't even set to be guillotined. <laughs> Stop! Oh my gosh, Gabby. Anyway, in 1700s, Ariana Grande. Kidding. No, but so it kind of died down in the 1700s slash early 1800s, and then I found out that in the mid 1800s in England there was like a crisis of masculinity because mm. apparently men felt like they had gotten soft because you know things were getting industrialized, they weren't working Uh-oh. outside as much. Exactly, and um, so they grew pussies that mm, working in factories. Literally, so they grew massive beards, and then doctors also co-signed the beards, and they were like, the beard is nature's respirator, and it's perfect for men living in industrialized cities who want to be protected from dust and pollution. This is obviously not true, but whatever. And then also I found out that in the U.S., shaving with a straight razor was kind of hard, and it was also like a well-kept secret the barbers had. So there was this trend in the mid-19th century by um, white men specifically where they were like, our friends have died of tetanus because they don't know how to shave. And also, we don't want to support black barbers because most of the barbers back then were black because that was like a service trade and white men didn't want to do that. So they were like, let's just not shave. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't shave for a while. And that was a thing. And then the 20s and the 30s was mostly mustaches. And then eventually, you know, American movies kind of made the crew cut and the clean shaven face a thing. And literally, I mean... 
just like every other trend, they go in and out of style. The 60s and the 70s, you know, long beards, counterculture thing, blah, blah, whatever. And then the 2010s, and it was hipsters and mustaches and fair trade beeswax and facial hair balms. So, you know, it's a trend. Oh, I was going to say it's trendy, you know, rooted in racism. <laughs> it's trendy and rooted in racism. Just Yay. like oh, almost everything else. You know what's silly? So there was a time where like all the presidents had beards. I know, yeah, and but, now they don't. And now they don't. But y'all could I just like had this mental image of both Biden and Trump with a beard and I got really stressed out. <laughs> that, that is not be- what you want to think about at ten fifty AM Eastern time in the morning. Anyway. The chaos today. A short a short history on beards and one last thing before I close my tangent. Ned Kelly, the Australian outlaw bush person, was very hot. And I'm going to post a picture of him because he had a great beard and great hair and soulful eyes. And yes, he murdered people, but, you know, a long time ago. So you know, he had an Australian accent. So you know who else was hot that like shouldn't have been so hot? A young Stalin. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sad. Oof. I'm canceling myself as I say yes. Though his facial hair was like, I feel like of the Russians, like his was the least interesting. Like Trotsky, holy fuck. His facial hair is out of control. (laughs) We're going to do a full Instagram post of just like hot beards throughout history. Well, thank you so much for listening, you know, putting yourself through this. Um, You get the prize of my voice saying goodbye to you and good night. Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by Gabby, Taylor, and Nika. We also edit and mix and research and do all of that. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Cadaver Gals with a G-A-L-S. Don't forget it. And also, see you next week. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.